Hey everyone, I'm Alex Cantor. And I'm Lily Rosenthal. Welcome to our podcast, Hot Pastrami. We are coming to you from our favorite booth at Cantor's Deli here in LA. We're going to invite some of our friends to join us for a chat over some matzo ball soup and pastrami sandwiches. So join us for new episodes of Hot Pastrami every week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts. See you soon. Bye. Have you been thinking about maybe having your own podcast? Well, if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First and foremost, it's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And then Anchor, they'll distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify and Apple and many more. With Anchor, you can start to make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership as well. It's truly everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M. The following podcast is an Embassy Row production. Late last week, I was made aware of a podcaster who uses In My Head in her title. I learned of her through social media when she called upon her followers to drag me, accusing me of appropriation with the recent launch of my podcast, Heather Thompson, In My Head. Anyone who knows me knows that I feel strongly about protections of invention. My history and reputation speak for who I am. I do not condone bullying or hate in any form. But as an entrepreneur, a patented inventor, and a businesswoman, I can empathize with feelings of desperate hurt and anger when you fear that your ideas or your work and livelihood are potentially being threatened. There are struggles I may not understand but I do relate to the fear, pain, and frustration that manifest from this position, more than one might suspect, having had to defend my IPs in our courts on several occasions. And while I would have preferred a DM and an open dialogue with this woman directly, when it comes to this specific incident, I didn't struggle with the decision of what to do. I listened to my head, and I'm doing what is in my heart. I am officially changing the name of my podcast. And so the new title of my podcast is called In My Heart. It was an easy decision to make. And sometimes upon reflection and you're forced to take pause, you come up with a better idea anyway. And so welcome to In My Heart. Hi, everyone. I'm your host, Heather Thompson. Have you heard of manifesting your own destiny? Well, my next guest is proof that we can. Adam Glassman is the creative director of O, the Oprah magazine, and a correspondent for Extra. Not only did Adam pioneer the use of real women in the fashion pages of O and lend us important weekly advice in his column, Adam Says, but he's here today to tell us how to take charge of our own life story. So Adam, welcome. So happy to have you. I'm so thrilled to be here. Adam has been around the fashion industry for a long time. And yes, I have rubbed elbows with him. We've had similar careers in a way. But one of the biggest reasons I first wanted to have you on the show, because I want to have you on the show a lot, but you may not even know this. One of the very first times we ever met, you told me a story about the fact that you manifest things for yourself. Yeah. My stomach literally turned to flip when you told me that because I was like, I had this chilling relativity to it. But let's, before I get into me, 
I want to talk a little bit about you. <laughs> and let's talk about the way we can manifest for ourselves. So Adam, explain to someone really what it really truly means to manifest our own destinies. I am a firm believer, first of all, of what you put out to the universe comes back to you at least tenfold and then some. Good, maybe not so good sometimes too. So I've always been this sort of believer in karmic destiny and being a witness to your life while still participating and asking the universe, and I don't want to sound ooey-gooey or religious here, but just putting it out there to the universe for things that you want and need. I don't mean a Lamborghini and I don't mean like some fancy watch. I just mean like the things you need for yourself for emotional, spiritual, mental growth and well-being. And it's not that I'd never believed in it before. I just sort of, you know, I've had these series of synchronistic things that have happened. Some people call them coincidences. I don't really believe in coincidences. I think everything is meant to happen as it happens, when it happens, for a reason. Sometimes that's hard to absorb because it's not always what you want to happen, but you, we are where we're supposed to be at this exact moment. I've been a meditator for many years, and I think that is really what has helped me focus myself and my mind and the ability to create more space throughout the day and in and really my mind, as many people know. So I've been meditating for many years and it's my own personal practice. And I sort of got into it through the side door of yoga, really, because I sort of was doing a lot of yoga. But I remember one teacher said to me, what yoga really is meant to be is to prepare your body to sit for meditation. And that's really what the original notion was. And this teacher was a fabulous teacher at the time. And we always meditated at the end. Instantly would walk out of that room, walking on clouds. And I felt different. And I felt like me. And I felt clear. And so I then started with transcendental meditation. I then studied with Deepak Chopra for many years. And that's just been my personal practice. But I think when one meditates, and you probably realize this too, you are much more clear and things fall into place in a way and you understand synchro destiny and why things are happening. I've just babbled on, Heather, so sorry. I don't no, even know. No, one of the things I'm writing something down because you actually hit on a Chinese proverb. I think that's what it was, but it says, the mind is like water. When it is still, it is clear. Yes. I got to tell you that when you're talking about transcendental meditation and all this and studying with Deepak, I think for most of us, meditation is a really difficult thing to achieve. And I know the faster you are, the speedier you are, the harder it is to still yourself. Yeah. And I loved that proverb because I would kin myself to a racing brook. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. A racing brook that would lead to some type of waterfall, which would be some type of epic, woo, you know, <laughs> crashing right. down into the water and then popping up only to find my next great adventure. And what I recognized was speeding through life in that type of raging way, you know, rage can be positive and it can be negative, wasn't necessarily serving my true gifts mm -hmm. and my true skills. And so 
I started to really learn meditation. I had to make it my own because I couldn't sit still and try to like do the own thing. Yeah, 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 of course. I've gotten there. Uh, you know, it's right. still a struggle for me, but I found meditation in other things like mountain climbing. You know that I Absolutely. love to get out into the mountains and letting nature nurture me. Anywhere where you can literally quiet your mind on one level to let it run, but then yeah. be in control of your mind. So you said to be a witness of your own life. So another uh, way you can say that is to be the one who watches is the another yeah. thing that they say, right? The one who watches. So what that means, you guys, is you are witnessing your own thoughts and then you can actually control them. You can say, nope, I don't want that thought. Go away. You're negative. You're bad. Oh, I'm going to stay with this thought because that's a really good idea for next week. And I want to flush it through, right? You can meditate mm -hmm. in any potential way. There's no wrong way to do it unless you cloud it with negativity. Isn't that the only wrong Correct. way to meditate? Yeah, I mean, I, th I think there is really no wrong way. The thing is with any kind of meditation, whether it's mantra-based or visual-based or whatever, thoughts are always going to come into your mind. And that's fine. It's not really about being able to sit there for 20 minutes with a thought in your mind and you're completely blissed out. God bless the person that can do that. Maybe the Dalai Lama. Yes. But truthfully, right. a thought is always going to come in. And then you acknowledge, okay, the thought has come in. Let it go. Let's go back to whatever your practice is, whether it is a mantra, whether it is a visualization, whether it is being in the zone while swimming or biking. So that is how it works. It has yeah. to work that way. It's just impossible to shut down your mind completely. And just right. So when we go back to manifestation, right, and meditation, we were talking about the two. I actually recognized after talking to you that I was manifesting things in my life far well before I was ever meditating. Right. What happened after the meditation was the awareness of the manifestation. So you can meditate and have awareness so that you can manifest. You could already be manifesting and then have awareness through meditation that that's what you did. So let's talk about that because that could be confusing for some people. It could be. It could be, but it's pretty simple manifesting what you want in life is actually putting out there into the universe with thoughts, with words, with pictures. You know, vision boards are a wonderful way to do it, actually. In the beginning, I was like, oh, this is a little hokey. Right. But the truth is, you walk past it and you're looking at it and you're, sometimes you just have to absorb it. You know, I tend to do it, but with more optimistic and positive thoughts. Yes, images sometimes help, but like for me career-wise, and this is really what I should talk about, really. For yeah. career, I feel like I have manifested many jobs through my career, truly. And like, I'll, I'll try to go through it briefly with please, you, but I please. longer than 20 years ago, because I've been now at Oprah uh, 20 years and 293 covers later. Um <laughs> But it was a time when I was freelance, you know, magazine land, you're in a magazine, you freelance back and forth, the magazine closes and you're freelance and whatever. And I was in a sort of freelance period. And I literally remember sitting at my desk doing my taxes. And I just remember saying to myself, I should just get a full-time job already. This is a pain in the wazoo. Fine. You know, you just say that you put it out there. Yes. Literally the next day I got a call from Condé Nast, which is a big publishing house for those that are listening that may or may not know. And they said, oh, we'd love you to come in to talk with us about a few things. I'm like, okay. 
I never even made the connection. Like I right. said, it's the day before. I went, fine. I went, had a conversation. They said, we really want you to meet this woman. And I won't name names because it's not necessary. But Rochelle Udell. <laughs> it was. It was Rochelle Udell. Yes. Exactly. Who's fabulous. And I never met her before. She's like this big wig at Condé Nast. She worked at Vogue. She was like this big creative director. And literally, she came down to the HR office and we talked for like an hour or so. We never talked about a job. We talked about meditation and body work and Reiki and Deepak Chopra and everything I was into, which was everything she was into at that time too. And it was just this sort of fabulous conversation with this fabulous woman. And I was so happy just to meet her. That afternoon, my cell phone rings and I open it up. So we know how many years ago that is. You flip <laughs> it open and it was large. And the HR person said, oh, we'd like to offer you a job. I go, a job? Doing what? Oh, Rochelle loved you and she wants you there. I go, but we never talked about the magazine. <laughs> and we never <laughs> talked about a job. I mean, it was as crazy as that. Amazing. And I took this job because I had such a good feeling about her. And that worked out wonderfully. She was fabulous. But one day in the office, she's like, let's watch the Oprah show right now. I'm like, okay, we're watching the Oprah show. And it was this episode when Oprah was on the cover of Vogue magazine. And Anna Winter was on the episode and Andre Leontali. And Oprah is talking about how as a young black girl growing up in the South, she could never have imagined being on the cover of Vogue. This is like, She's crying. She was asked to lose weight to be on this cover. It was all in promotion of Beloved, the film that she had, was putting out at the time. And I'm crying. Rochelle's crying. And fine. That was lovely. Nice moment. Six months later, I get this call from Hearst. We are launching a magazine with Oprah, and we'd love you to come in and talk. Okay. I go in and talk. Nothing came of it. That happens a lot. The magazine launched. I looked at it, of course, with interest because everyone was talking about it. And I thought, oh, it's lovely. But it seems a little ordinary, I, to be honest. I was like, yes. I read, I remember turning to a page and it was like, sit under a tree, close your eyes and just think lovely thoughts. And I'm like, okay, this is what they're telling people. Haven't we done this already for 30 years? Like, <laughs> where's like the real like meat? A month later, literally a month later. This other woman called me named Amy Gross. And she says, I really need you to meet with Oprah because I've just been hired. And the magazine launched and they, Oprah made changes. It was great, hugely successful. I mean, no magazine, the history of magazines ever was as successful. And Amy came in to be the new editor-in-chief. And so I met her and I met with Oprah and I bring a whole presentation book and I'm, you know, I'm a very organized I'm, vision boards, you know, like vision and like trying to explain, like, this is, would be my vision for the food section, the fashion section, beauty covers this whole thing and hired right on the spot, right then and there, you know, again, that was just, it, it was like a full circle moment of, of sorts. And I feel like I did manifest that because all these other jobs I had led to this point. I had worked at fashion magazines, House and Garden, so home magazines. Yes. Personal interest was more spiritual and personal growth. And this is a magazine that Oprah has always wanted to be a personal growth manual for women. Yes. So it's just, it brought everything 
together for me. And I have to say, I've been there now 20 years, actually. Yes. And I'm still learning and I'm still growing being at the magazine and serving our readers. And that's how I've always looked at it. It's amazing because the manifestation comes from, well, it comes from a few things. First of all, like let's watch Oprah television and being unbelievably moved by sitting in a room with Rochelle looking at this show, looking at this new moment, right? This episode being inspired, but saying some way to the universe, like I could be involved with that. I could, I can relate to that. Like I could do something good for that. And you said it at that moment in your head. And then you said it when the magazine launched without you. And you looked mm-hmm. at the pages and you said, oh, they should have had me because I see something bigger. I see something brighter. But I also said, I'm like, okay, this is their thing. And it wasn't meant to be because that wasn't how I had seen the magazine. Right. And then Oprah sits me down and says, this is not how I see the magazine. I would like to see the magazine another way. She thought the magazine was a B minus and she doesn't do anything unless right. it's an A or an A plus. Right. So it was very interesting. I go, well, funny you should say that. This is how I see your magazine going. And then I open up these books and started flipping. and. Literally, like two or three months later, once we sort of were up and running and doing all these magazines, she said, now we're an A+. Yay. And the connection was born and the manifestation was had and what was meant to be because she was manifesting you too. When she was B minus, she was manifesting you too. So I don't know if I ever told you this story, but I manifested the housewives. You did? I did. I can't wait that I'm so excited. I'm telling you this for the first time right now. I'm so interested to hear this because I remember when you first signed up and I was thinking, what are you doing? Why are you doing that? I know. (laughs) Listen, when I signed up for the Housewives, I had a lot of people that were important to me in life going, what do you do? Do you really? And I did that kind of list. But but I want to tell you about the manifestation because you don't even know this. So I was had been at home with Jax because he was sick. Right. You know, Mm -hmm. so I was at home more with my with my baby, whatever. But I didn't watch television when I was home with him. When Ella was born, she wasn't sick. And I felt like I had free time during nursings and I wasn't like, and I got sucked into the housewives and I was watching New York and I was literally saying out loud, ah, ridiculous. I, those are not New Yorker. That's not how a New Yorker would do that. We, oh my God, they need me on that show. If I were on that show, I would show them what a real New Yorker was. I would never say that to a woman. I would uplift her in a moment like that. And how I got the call was through a casting agent who literally cold called me at my office one day, Hmm. knew my stories, had heard about who I was and what I had accomplished in my career through the grapevine. And I was so shocked by it. I thought it was The Apprentice calling. I thought that they wanted to have me and my brand on The Apprentice as like a challenge. And the casting director was like, no, 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 honey. We want you on the show. And I manifested it. And it was, I remember the connection in my head. Like you didn't get the connection right away, but I was like, I asked for this. I literally said it. I asked for this. And then I went, oh, hell no. My first reaction was fear to run the other way. Oh, no, no, no. I I really, I could be on the show, but I really couldn't. I'm like, I'm nothing like those people, you know, fear got in my way. And then I did my checks and balances. Like here are the pros, here are the cons. And the cons far outweighed the, the pros. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the severity of the cons was like nothing. And the pros and how wonderful they could be and what I wanted to use the platform for were there. And oh, 
the angels sing and the clouds parted and so be it. It was. And then you're holding an apple. On yeah, the and then I'm holding a golden apple. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, you just said something also I think is very good for your listeners to know about. That the notion of just writing down pros and cons, as basic as that sounds, you should always do it yes. all the times because it helps put things into perspective again. It really does. It really, really does. And so the other thing that I manifested, I think, in my lifetime, I believe I did, was working with celebrities. So when I was a young kid, I used to get to go backstage when Robert Plant launched his solo career. Wow. Rob, I know you don't know that. See, I'm a rock star too, honey. You don't know that. How did you get to go backstage? That's cool. My mom's, one of my mom's really dear friends growing up was Led Zeppelin's lawyer. Oh, And that's how I got the in. And so when I was about 17 years old, Robert Plant launched his solo career and I would get backstage. I would get tickets. I would ask for tickets for the show. But when I would open the envelope, there'd be like backstage passes in there. And I was like, woohoo! And so I would go dedicated and I became his biggest fan. And I recognized that he was just a regular guy. Mm -hmm. But I went on after my experience with Robert Plant, you know, and a couple other rock bands that I would hang out with to manifest my career with Puffy Mm -hmm. and Jennifer Lopez and Beyonce. And what a privilege I had. And I had no idea that I was going to have this like unbelievable privilege and opportunity to peek into the homes of black Americans and have this opportunity. So what I manifested was one thing, but what the universe delivered to me was this whole other thing. So let's talk a little bit about that. Do you think that you manifested your way into some sort of opportunity, some sort of privilege that you had because you're capable of it, because you're capable of handling what was going to come? I mean, that's really philosophical, but I I, I kind of believe it. You know, it's a tough question because it's very interesting because, you know, with Oprah, I've met a lot of people. I've been around a lot of people and she is an all-inclusive human being. She moves in all circles and all worlds. But I have learned a lot about Black culture. It's just sort of seeped in intrinsically. So I've learned a lot by working with people and listening. But also what I have also been able to bring to the table is knowledge and new information that people have heard from me too. So there has been this sort of give, receive, take, receive, you know, like a coming together on both sides. Totally. Well, you know, what's so interesting is, is that the differential was really truly that I came up in an insurgence of Black-owned businesses. So Oprah was probably one of the first, but to her accolades, when she became Oprah and she became really one of the first female Black, you know, talk show hosts, she was her own production company. So Because because a very smart man or lawyer said to her, you should do what Lucille Ball did where she owned her show. And... She got away with it because truthfully, when she went from like local to national and national meant she had to be up against Phil Donahue, who was the yes. hugest talk show host with huge ratings. They literally said, well, there isn't a chance in hell that this woman, this black overweight woman, and I'm not saying I'm not spilling beans that she has not said herself. Of course uh, not. Is going to like beat the ratings. So give her what she wants. 
You know, like, it's fine. We'll test it. It probably won't even be around in a year. Hut to ah. boom, ratings were like up and, and she owned a piece of the pie. Amazing. More than a piece of the pie. Yes. So it was sort of a very brilliant uh, thing. And it was a risk and they took a chance and it worked out really well for her. So she owned Harbo Productions that produced the Oprah show. That has gone on to do amazing, amazing work yeah. and, and, and ch- not to mention amazing artistic things, but amazing charitable things and non-for-profit things. And you and I have had the privilege and the honor of learning firsthand a different perspective. Oh, I feel the same way. Honestly, I do. And, you know, I think the thing that I think has been the most eye-opening, I think a lot of people did not realize there's still a lot of anger and really social injustice out there to the extent that it is. And I think the blessing that the coronavirus COVID-19 has actually done, as horrendous of a pandemic it is, it has allowed almost like a crack in people's psyches because we've all been cooped up at home and we've been thinking and we've had this sort of, in a way, it's almost been a meditation to be able to allow the mind to expand and take in everything else that's going on at the same time. And there is a shift of perspective and it feels different than other times. And it feels different than other times, not just, I, I have black friends who have said this. We are saying this, but you see like people are protesting in Japan, in Germany, and yeah. all over the world for what is happening here in this land and across the world, but it is starting here. That's why I think it feels different. And I think it is going to be a real shift of change. Yeah. This is like major seismic change. That's right. It's 100% time to really understand a shift in perspective. And I think that's what's changed. I think that's the difference. I think like the greater good always wanted equality, the greater good always wanted, but that wasn't what was running things. You know, for the most part, people thought there was equality. Yes. Until you flank a black American and you see these everyday violations that you don't think exist anymore. You thought that like after the civil rights movement, like everything was good and that's not really what happened. And so I think that that's the shift between then and now. It's about perception. It's about really truly opening your heart to another man's struggle. And we have come a long way. We have a long way to go. Um, excited and exhilarated by social media's, uh, you know, lean into educating our fellow Americans on each other. Uh, social media, good, bad, and different has been actually very good for a lot of movements. Yeah, there's, uh, there's good and bad in everything. And, you know, I can find that the good in social media is it's an educational source. Yes. If you don't just use it as your sole yeah. neutral society. <laughs> if it's more than about selfies, we could yeah. go we could go somewhere. But speaking of selfies, okay, yeah. but we have to just talk a little bit of pop culture. Listen, you guys, I have Adam Glassman. I mean, this is a man who has his own column in Oprah magazine and it's you know, her right hand when it comes to what's hot and what's not, you know, extra good morning America, the view. I mean, you name it, he's been on it. And I need you, Adam, 
to share. What should we know about? I'm actually in the process of gathering favorite things to present to Oprah soon. Yay! So I'm always hunting and gathering and looking for things. And that I love. And what I love about it really the most is the ability to introduce small businesses to people, the ability to help small businesses. And with that being said, I want to show you a few of my favorite things. And right now, because I am a terrible sleeper, (laughs) I have found the panacea for sleep. It does not involve a prescription because I've tried that too. And I'm a big CBD person. And this brand has CBD, valerian root, melatonin, all mixed in. It's the right balance. I don't know if you know this brand. It's called Lux Beauty Club. They're out of Miami. Beautiful. And this stuff, I'm telling you, I take one drop. I love a tincture. Under your tongue for a minute. And I am out within 15 minutes to the entire evening. That's incredible. It's it. I've tried everything. What else do you have in your little war chest for us? Now, since we've all been cooped up, we've been cooking and I... I never gave into this trend, but now I'm obsessed with a pressure cooker and air frying. Air frying and pressure cooking. And literally, and you know this, you have a family, so you're probably doing the same thing. I put a chicken in this pressure cooker. In 20 minutes, the entire chicken was roasted. Have you ever roasted (laughs) chicken in 25 minutes? No. A lot of Thanksgivings could have been saved over a pressure cooker. (laughs) Totally. And the air fryer, like French fries without oil, but they taste delicious pies and dehydrating vegetables, you name it. Uh, it's hilarious. So I'm really into this one from a brand called Yeti, Y-E-D-I, and they're great. They're great. Yeti, Yeti, Yeti. Actually, the know-it-all business should be my business come to think of it. You really. do know it all. I love that, okay? I'm like Bethany Frankel who pretends. <laughs> Tell me about skincare. Do you know Tina Craig, who has Bag Snob? You know, she started as a blogger, talking, blogging about, you know, fancy bags. And she started a skincare line. One product, which I love, is called You Beauty. Oh. All you do is you put this on, you let it dry for 20 seconds, and you put on one other moisturizer. And that it is cut down your beauty routine, my beauty routine, I'm embarrassed to say. And it is like having laser resurfacing. And you know, you no know, one's seen their dermatologist for four months no, at least. Totally. This, the pores are smaller and tighter. The lines are disappearing. The dark age spots, which I have to admit, sometimes I get all smoothing out. You beauty. It's an ingenious product. I love all your tips. I think they're great tips. And a little bit of self-advocacy and a little bit of self-care goes an awful long way. And I and we've noticed that over COVID. I mean, as much as we feel like the universe is upside down, maybe we should just think about the universe is actually writing itself up. Yes, it is. We're in a corrective mode all around, I think. Yep. Internally, externally. I mean, look at the sky, how beautiful. It's always clear now. I know. Dolphins swimming in the Venice Canal. Now, it's unrealistic that, okay, you know, people are going to get back on planes at some point, of course. But it is fascinating in a relatively short amount of time when people stopped being in their cars 24-7 or airplanes and this and that. And the climate is shifting. Yes. So that's one part of it. But there's a lot going on here. There's so much going on. And what we need to do is we need to slow down a little bit and look and listen 
Take a moment of peace. Take a moment of meditation. Take a moment of manifestation because it's all out there. You know, your dreams really can be your realities. And I love having Adam on the show, you guys. He gives us such good voice, doesn't he? You have the best voice, Adam. This is funny you should say this. The one thing I haven't yet manifested is doing voiceovers. Oh, you should. You have this. Everyone always has said to me, you should be doing voiceovers. And I'm like, I don't even know how to do a voiceover. Someday I will figure that out. You should. Well, maybe that'll (laughs) be part of finding your freedom because, you know, we find freedoms in all different forms. And, you know, some days our freedom is one thing and another day our freedom is something else. What can you impart on the listeners today and like ways to find our freedoms? Well, you, well, you just said it earlier without meaning to, but it's, you need to listen. You need to absorb and you need to understand also that all people ever want is to be heard. They want to be acknowledged. You don't always have to agree with them. You don't always have to do anything. It's just the ability of knowing I have been heard. So I think that is part of a way to find freedom. I think another part of a way of finding freedom is to figure out how to get out of your head at some point during the day for some clarity. So we talked earlier about meditation, but it doesn't have to be that. Go outside and walk for 10 minutes. Get away. Find some time. You've got to be able to separate the drama of whatever is happening and step away from it for a moment. And not giving a, a rat's... Mm-hmm. about what other people think. Right. Not caring what they think about how you look or how you, what you're saying or how you're being, again, without becoming a narcissist or a complete nincompoop. But there's a, a sense of freedom to that too. I mean, we spend so much time, so many of us, like so concerned about what other people think. Yeah. You know what? Who gives a S? Really? Right. I don't know. That's what I think how I look at it. No, I love that. I love that. Listen, take a moment, you guys. Take a moment with yourself today after this podcast. Get to know yourself a little better. Take some time to let the thoughts roll and celebrate yourself for just a minute, you know, because there's a lot to celebrate. And Adam yeah. Glassman is a perfect example of that manifesting your realities, uh, understanding your absolute privileges, understanding where you want to do better in life and leaning into a cause that's kind of for the greater good of all of us. And that's what you do. That's what you bring every day, Adam. I I, I so thank you for, for being a part of this podcast. I can't wait to have you back on and hear more from that gorgeous voice and talk more about what's in your head I'm Heather Thompson. This is In My Head. Today's guest, Adam Glassman. I thank so much, Adam. Please let them know where they can find you, our listeners. You can find me at The Real Adam Says on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Just say Instagram. That's it. Well, keep putting out all the great things that you do. We love you so much, and we'll see you again real soon. For sure. Thank you so much to my guest, Adam Glassman. I'm your host, Heather Thompson. Be sure to follow along at I am Heather T and send me any questions. Please don't forget to subscribe and download wherever you stream your podcasts and join me for next week's episode with Dorinda Medley.
Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.